So, yeah. so hello. We are talking about the relationship with food as well as just food in general and disordered eating. And it's a struggle for so many people. So I put in a post into the inner circle and I did get one question. It was, why is it that we crave the bad foods or sometimes foods? especially when you're in a mood and like the first thing comes down to how we label these foods like bad foods or sometimes foods like it's it's actually good that we're calling them sometimes foods because that's exactly what they are they're not foods that you'd want to include in every day because if you think about it say you have a donut you're craving a donut and then you have your lunch if you choose to have the donut that's about like Let's just say it's about 300 calories. Think about that big bowl of lunch, that big bowl of lunch that you would have had, that would have satisfied you, that would have had pretty much everything that Absolutely. you would eat. Yeah. And then yeah. if you have that donut, you're left without that satiation. Same with if you feel like ice cream for dessert. Like if someone wants to ask for ice cream for dessert, when their dessert is typically, let's just say it's a yopo and some fruit, which is fat-free Greek yogurt and some fruit. Say that's about 200 calories, about 250 calories. And then you look at the ice cream, the ice cream will come to about, with whatever you want to add into it, or just the ice cream itself will be about 300 to 400 calories. Also minus yeah. the protein. So you'd want to actually add in the protein to ensure you're still hitting your protein target. So that will probably take you to about 400 calories. If you sacrifice that dessert for that ice cream, you need to think, okay, now I went 200 calories over what was in there. I need to see what else I can take out from my day. So these things right. are able to be had as long as you meet your protein quota. But then you also have to realize that other things get sacrificed for it. Yep. Same That's right. So you're sacrificing the amount of food you can have, the amount of quality food you can have for that tiny bit of comfort. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the perfect word to use for that tiny bit of comfort. But then the satiation afterwards. And there's the thing that I was talking about before where if you have processed foods and regularly, it actually isn't great for there's sensors in the gut lining, the stomach lining, and that gives you the mm -hmm. satiation effect. It impacts your ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone, and your leptin, which is the one that makes you feel full. And you don't get those appropriate signals into your brain. And it kind of eats at that gut line. But if you have it like every so often, it doesn't do the same damage than if you get in these processed types foods all the time. And yeah. there's something called the Doritos effect that I heard about where the like the producers that produced Doritos try to find the perfect combination of fats carbs and salt to make Doritos addictive. So yeah, yeah. there's chemical properties in food to actually make yeah. you crave more of those foods once you eat them. And I was just yeah. watching a story on Instagram of someone who said they were mindlessly eating a, a, like packets of chips. They went through five servings in a whole bag plus pretty much almost all of another bag, which is 10 servings of chips because they were eating they were reading a book and they were just mindlessly eating. And that mm. thing, like, there's no 
supplied to you. If that was say, the same calories worth of fruit or whatever, you would have had that supplied to you. But to go back to why we crave these foods when we're in a mood, if you're stressed out, for example, what stress does is it releases stress hormones, let's say adrenaline and cortisol. When you're in that fight or flight state, which is pretty much when we feel stressed out, pretty much all the time for a lot of people these yeah. days, our body wants to run. If we think back to yeah. the days when we were like on earth, it wants to run away from the tiger, the bear, whatever. So your body wants to break down fuel, like carbs, whatever's stored in your body. And it is carbs because carbs are fast fuel. No, yeah. It, it, it's so much quicker to break down carbs than it is to break down fat. And that's, but yeah. fat, fat is longer lasting, which is why it's the one that's like, it's the one that's stored that you'll, you'll hoard and hold on to if you're in a survival mode and trying to think of a yeah. more basic term to say. So when you're at rest, you should be burning fat. But if you're chronically stressed out, if you're insulin resistant, you're not actually burning fat when you're at rest. You're burning, That's right. you're burning carbs. Your body's running through carbs. So if you think yeah. about the fact that your body is breaking down stored glycogen to use it for fuel to just do basic everyday movements that would typically use fat as fuel, you're going to start craving more and more of those sugars because your body's like, I need more sugar. I am stressed out. I need this fuel. Because it doesn't Absolutely. know that you're running from a bear. It doesn't know that your boss isn't a saber-toothed tiger. That's right. That's and that's the thing. There's no there's no internal signals that can differentiate between yeah the fight and flight or no this is stress. So we don't need to consume those foods, which is where I've been for like the last you know six seven months at my previous job, just stuck in that fight and flight mode because the stress was just so high all the time. So yeah, constant craving crap all the time. Yeah, getting ready to run from something that's not there. Yeah, and I'm sure your appetite cues would have been very skewed up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's what I was talking about with the gut lining as well, as well as the fact that there's a nerve that connects your brain to your gut. So that's also the, like, that, hey, I'm craving this because there's something not right in my stomach. And yeah. there's another example of someone I was talking to last night. She was really stressed out. She's like, oh, I feel better now. Is my microphone reverberating? Um, it sounds all right on this side. Okay, cool. So she was always stressed out with her job because she was taking on too much work. So as soon as she reduced those hours or reduced her work weight to cut back some units at work, all of a sudden she's starting to feel hungry again her yeah. body's actually starting to turn on again. And that's the other yeah. thing when it comes to when people say, why am I not actually losing fat or losing weight on 1,200 calories or 1,100 calories? And that's because your body isn't using as much energy as it usually uses. So that's it, right. It shuts down systems. It shuts down your reproductive system. Your immune system goes haywire. And that that's pretty much why we create 
another reason that we would crave these foods, I'm going to try and stay on that topic before we begin to that other one, is it's not just, this is why I say health and the mindset. So physiology and psychology should come before the physical because mm-hmm. we just spoke about the physiology of all of that. How about the psychology of all of that? Like if previously you turn to a certain type of food for comfort, that's what your body is tuned to. Like think about brain wiring circuits. I actually heard I actually heard this like analogy on a podcast, but think of it as really thick wires running through your brain. That's all of your old habits. That's all of the stuff that you used to do, you used to cling to. Like I used to have a really bad habit of as soon as I get home, no matter where it's from, even if I just ate, I had a habit of I need to grab food, I need to grab something to eat, take it to my desk and eat it. You can't just break cues like that. It's hard. And something that I've just recently done is now I make myself two decaf. I'm going to say decaf now. Two decaf coffees. And they're in like little flasks things and I put them at my desk and I drink those and then I refill them with tea and then yeah. I drink those and I have almost finished going through them I have two diet cordial bottles because I don't like to eat as soon as I get home after training because I work at my best the first half of the day so I wake up I eat something small because I can't work out on a full stomach and I definitely can't run on one because I have a very sensitive gut eat something really small go and train come back to do what I just said and I sit at my desk not eating anything until about 12 12 30 usually it's 12 30 and then I eat my first meal which is something we're going to go into with the food relationship and how you can actually stick to what you said you're going to stick to which will be different for everybody but you can make it work for you yeah so that's what I do there but that wasn't me breaking a habit that was me replacing a habit Say yeah, that's right. If someone comes home from a stressed out day at work, and there we go again, it's the stressed out day at work. You're when you're stressed out, another thing that happens because we're primal animals is we lose that short that short-term memory. We go into the long-term memory. So we remember our old habits. Anything that's newly formed, goodbye. So that's right. We don't think about oh, hey, I'm going to prep this thing. It's, I'm smelling pizza. Let's get pizza. Or if there's something in front of you in the fridge when you open the door, that isn't meant to be there and you're too stressed out. You don't you don't have that decision capacity anymore because decision fatigue is a real thing. And that's yeah. why the biggest piece of success is designing your environment. Design your yeah, environment that's- for you. And you can work yeah. with it with your kids because... Yeah. You're less likely to reach down to the bottom shelf in the fridge. You're more likely to grab things from your eye level and the top. Put all the shit stuff down the bottom of the fridge where you're not likely yeah. to bend down. Same with the pantry yeah. stuff. Put all the stuff down the bottom and the things that you readily have access to at the front in front of you. Nothing left out yeah. of the Like That's the best way to avoid it. Sometimes yeah. if you can't help but have it in the house, that's the best way to do it. For me. I'm an abstainer. I keep things out of the house if it's not in my meal plan. And if I know I can't control it because, like, I love cereal. I can control it. But 
if I have like a small bowl, I want more. It doesn't satisfy me. And that goes back to the sacrifice thing. Like, am I really going to sacrifice this much food to have this much cereal because I need this much cereal to satisfy me? No, I'm not. That's right. I just changed my cereal to oats now. Guess what? I get extra. So before I was having two glasses of toast. And then my next meal was egg whites. And that was with veggies and stuff. So now what I did is I put that egg white into my oats to make it thicker. And I put the zucchini, mm-hmm. zucchini into that as well, which is part of the egg whites meal. But what I now have room for, because oats is protein and fats and carbs, not just carbs, is I have room for another three, another four slices of bread. Plus, I added in an extra 30 grams of rice to my meals because I don't need, I don't need 200 grams of cereal. I mean, I don't need 200 grams of oats to satisfy me. I I have 100 grams of oats or 90 grams of oats. It's actually 90 grams of oats. So I'm having 90 grams of oats, not 200 grams of cereal. But look at all this other food that I get. So one way to really control your relationship with food is laying it on paper, seeing okay, so I know that I can have this. It is not bad food. It is a sometimes food, but I know I can fit it in because I'm already hitting my protein. I'm hitting all of my fiber. I'm hitting my water goals. I'm hitting my micronutrients that I need to have a healthy body. Yep. And I'm not in a calorie deficit. If you're in a calorie deficit, you need to make way more sacrifices because if you have 1,800 calories or 1,600 calories or 1,500 calories to fit your chosen foods into you're not going to get all the micronutrients you need if you're chucking a shitload of cereal and bread in that's that's exactly right you're not going to hit anything you're just going to have you know your carbs up here and that's pretty much all or your calories up the top and, and then, that's all mm-hmm. and then that's when you get digestive issues you get them, your immune system goes down like someone that I follow on Instagram just decided to go into a deficit, eating pretty much the same way he always does, but less of it. And even though he does eat quite a, quite a good chunk of veggies and fruits, most of his diet is shit. And because he went from yeah. eating a lot of shit to less shit and less good food, because he's in a deficit, he's sick already. Like, Yes, you can. It's good to teach people that you can eat these foods and stick them in, but you also need to make sure that, hey, I need vitamin D is the most essential thing to have. I can't say you can eat some food. I can't say go out in the sun because you still need to take it most of the time. Like too many people Mm. are deficient in it and there's no research out there that has anything negative against too much vitamin D consumption. Yeah, that's wrong. Magnesium. Vitamin D. Yeah, we take we take vitamin D every day, and I've noticed a huge difference. Obviously, because we're predominantly night shift workers, we don't get enough sunlight, and the and just the mood difference between both myself and my partner has been absolutely massive. Just oh. taking vitamin D, something so simple every day. Yeah, I'm actually going to ask you some questions on that as well because some girls just think, oh, they're supplements. I don't like taking supplements, and then they realise I'm having all these symptoms or trauma, and then I go, Have you been taking supplements? No. Well, there you go. Come back to me after you've been taking your supplements religiously. Yeah. And, and these, are all things, these are all things that we would have got naturally at one stage. And it's only our lifestyle choices as, it, as we've evolved into the people that we are now 
that have taken those important nutritions or nutrients out of our bodies. So now we have to take a supplement. Not just that, like it depends on the person as well. With vitamin D, the darker skinned you are, the more body fat you have, the less you can synthesize it and the older you are. And also the fact that we don't actually expose our skin bare to the sun because we don't want to get melanoma. That's exactly right. We've been told not to. So it's it's hard to balance it out. And then, like, there's nothing wrong with supplementing it anyway. It's like the cheapest thing that you can supplement. But then come back to the magnesium that I usually prescribe. My active girls, I prescribe them magnesium because they're not going to get enough from the food most of the time. Because when you're active, you deplete your body stores of magnesium. So I put Plus, depending on which magnesium you take, you can actually alter other things as well. Like if you take magnesium glycinate, that also helps putting you to sleep if you take that before bed. If you get magnesium, if you get magnesium chlorate, that will help pretty much your brain because taurine is good for the brain. It helps relax you. So there's yeah. different magnesiums you can take. I just say usually take the magnesium citrate. It it's easy to absorb. It's great for digestion. I get the, I get the glycinate and the citrate combined. But there's magnesium to take before bed. Like that also helps most a lot of the time with cravings because like if you take cocoa powder for example when you're craving chocolate you get a hit of chocolate plus you get the magnesium which i've actually found really successful with a lot of the girls so when you're in a mood you can even get some there's nothing wrong with stevia i use either stevia drops or i use these ones from aldi from the leaves yeah you can even pop some of those into hot water with cocoa powder and have that and that's your like you're not really busting anything you're having your chocolate there too so it like there's that physiological component and there's a psychological component of why you eat the way they like why you crave what you crave and going back to and this question around the long about way you have these neural pathways that are this thick they're your old habits and then, like yeah. I mentioned about the saber-toothed tiger, when you're running away from that, you don't remember the new habits. You remember these ones. Yeah. That is yeah. why I wrote a post not that long ago about relapse is okay. It's normal. You're never going to get rid of these. Never. They just shrink. But they exist. They still exist. Yeah. It's just like when you when you get when you get fat, like get 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 extra fat on you. You gain fat cells. You can't get rid of them. You can gain them, you can shrink them, but you can't get rid of them. The same with these neurons. That's right. They'll always be there. So, yeah, that's it. And it's the same, like even just, um, you know, like I'm going to really quickly compare smoking to eating as well. Like I was um, a full-time smoker for a long time, and I've been eight years without having a cigarette. And it, even just under stress, every now and again, I'll go, "Holy shit, I could just have a cigarette," even though it's been eight years. And I think it's that. You know, like you said, those pathways are always going to be there. Those cravings are always going to be there. But it's a matter of going, is it worth it? You know, is it worth taking a step backwards again now? Because that's what it is. Once you've made it so far, it's then taking that step back. What stopped you? Knowing that if I have that one, then that's it. I'll have more than one. I can't have one. I can never have one ever again. And that goes back to the forming the new identity. So when you try to create new habits, that's these thin neural wiring that you're creating. 
you need to keep strengthening them and keep doing it with repetitions just like in the gym so yeah that's why i say your actions your thoughts become things they become actions they become decisions and then you need to repeat that cycle over and over again to then develop your yeah. identity because the person that you see yourself as is based on all the, the actions and decisions that you do like I found it so hard. I remember I I was struggling so hard to go from bodybuilder to powerlifter because my identity back then was this shredded chick. I had commenting, loving, liking all of my photos because I'm this shredded chick who's gonna look what I lift, who looks the way that I do, and who has striations in her glutes. Yeah. And then trying to go into powerlifting, which is a completely different ball game, and not actually ramming myself into the ground like I was, that was hard. Yeah. But I still clung to an identity. And then yeah. when I changed two years later to becoming a not powerlifter, like right now, but this was when COVID happened, I realized before COVID that I was starting to lose that fight actually easily deadlift the bar off the ground like I wasn't as <gasps> like I used to visualize and have like that but, but I lost it like I wasn't really driven for it but I still kept doing it because I do what I told myself I'm going to do that's my identity my identity is I never yeah. quit I set myself a task and I yeah. will complete it no matter what I'm not a quitter I used to yeah and I recreated that identity of myself and I clung to it that is how important identity is. It's like, I'm not a quitter, I will not quit. And what drove it, drove it is because I know what not doing it makes me feel like. Like, I'll know if I stop now, I'm cheating myself. You don't cheat anyone but yourself. It's you versus you. I'm exactly. That's exactly right. I'm cheating myself. I'm going to feel like shit. I'm going to feel lazy. I'm, I know I won't, but then I'm going to start to want to eat my feelings. Then I'm going to start to do this. And they're the thoughts that will come up in a lot of people's heads. Whereas, like, oh, there, there would also be some people that try to verge. I'm thinking of binge and purge, verge. <laughs> there are people that would binge exercise or binge do something because they feel negative about doing something else. Like, it's all a chain reaction. You need to break that chain. That was actually one of my daily stoic readings. I actually want to read that one. I loved it. Um, the chain method. If you if you don't if you don't wish to be <laughs> I'm gonna take this dog out. <laughs> if you don't if you don't wish to be a hothead, don't feed your habits. Try it as a first step to remain calm and count the days you haven't been angry. And then you use that as like you create a chain method. So you need to make it known, like light it up on your wall, get a calendar, print it off, get off. Create a chain method of habit and celebrate your wins as loud as you can. Because then it's yeah. you that momentum going. Your goal is to not break that chain. But that's again yeah. why I say throw your scales out. Who the freaking hell cares about body fat percentage? Because if you're feeling freaking amazing and it's like there's those people, they're feeling all good like this and stuff. And then they go into the, they decide, I'm just going to weigh myself. I just, I just, I just want to see what it says because I'm feeling so good. I want to see how far I can help. They step on the scale and it doesn't say what they want it to say. And then they start feeling down. They might go and start binging, start doing this, start doing that. And then they'll admit it. I stepped on the scale. It didn't say what I wanted to say. I only lost this or 
I didn't lose anything. Why do you weigh yourself? It's all feeling so good. It's it feeling so light, and I'm actually seeing muscles and stuff and blah blah blah. So you're feeling great. You have more energy. You got your period back. All these other great, amazing things. You're actually feeling more attracted to your partner now because your libido is back. Like all these great things that you're feeling and telling me about feeling. Here's my big feeling word: feeling, 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 feeling. And you still step on a scale, and you still get the feeling. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Mm. Yeah, and I used to um, I used to obsess about my weight, especially when I had to um, stick under a certain weight for competitions because then I'd stress about how much muscle I was putting on because muscle is heavy and I'd be like, no, I can't gain any more muscle. So I need to slow down and, and not do weights and just do cardio, 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 cardio to try and keep all of my weight down, which is not not healthy at all. You just brought up a really good point. And when you become so myopic on the scale, you lose complete general knowledge, pretty much common sense. It's like, I want to, yeah. I, I need to like just keep running, 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 burn the fat and not worry about building muscle. Like, not worry about building muscle because that's not doing anything that I need. And then you, your brain just goes stupid and you're more confused. And then you cut more food and then you do this. Yeah. You become a skinny noodle version of yourself. And someone said it's bodybuilding. Yeah not body shrinking you don't want to become a smaller version of yourself lose muscle mass mass, look skinny fat and be weak and pretty much feel pathetic because you're not that strong version of yourself and then as soon as your calories are down this low your activity is up this high where do you go from there fat is not living yeah fat is not living like you don't just go into a calorie exactly you're going into a life deficit. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and, and that's what I was like. I was, yeah, everything everything was centered around being a specific weight. I had to stay. I could marginalize for two kilos, and that was all. And it was every day. It wasn't like I would get to a point where I'd go, okay, cool. This month I have to cut. It was all the time. You know, if the competition came up, I had to make that weight. So, what weight did you start at before all this happened? Sorry. What weight did you okay. start your weight on the scale? What weight was it before you started that cycle? Oh, I was between before I started that cycle. Like before I was really lean. Before you started the cycle of weight cutting and watching a scale and letting it go down, what did you start at? Oh, I was quite heavy. I put on a lot of weight through the kids. So I think I was about 80, 84, 85 kilos. Um, and then when I started training, it just slowly built from there. So as soon as I started seeing that weight come off, I was fine until I got to about 65. And then once I hit that, like that was a pretty good weight for me at my height and everything. Um, and then I started competing. And once I started competing, it was a matter of the lighter you are, the smaller the people you're competing against. So if you can maintain strength at a lighter weight, for context, he's talking about fighting, boxing, wrestling. Continue. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, jiu-jitsu, uh, Muay Thai, MMA, all of it. I used to do all of it, which is why there were so many different comp- competitions coming up all the time that I would need to make weight for. So so I had to maintain strength um, at a reduced size. That's the optimum. Um, and then I would cut down to 56 kilos. 
So I would sit between 56 and 58 normally so that I could drop back down to 56 at the drop of a hat. Same. See, that was mine as well. My class was 56. See, that, that, yeah. that's a funny thing because when I started, my focus was actually on the scale going up because I started at 37 kilos. I Yeah, you're at the end. I got into the gym with a healthy mindset. Mine wasn't, I hate the way that I look, I need to lose all this weight. Mine was, I need to get fitter. I need to change my life. Something isn't working for me. My hair's falling out. And I had the most distorted relationship with food, but I was also vegetarian. It took me, it was getting into the training and realizing what my protein needs were and how I could make them unless I had protein bars and protein shakes all the time. Because I didn't, I don't like, a, I didn't like a lot of vegan food and vegetarian food. But I also wanted to eat wanted to keep my carbs lower and get my protein up so that's when I started my pescatarian and because I was always craving tuna so I was always focusing on hey I'm gaining some muscle hey the scale's going up and I realized at a point there hey I'm at a good place now and I just want to see where I can take my body so that's when my whole competing thing started with bodybuilding and as you know you start to see the scale going down and down and down and ever since I started seeing the scale going down, which the lightest it ever got then was 49, and that was muscle shredded on the Arnold stage competing in figure. I was 49. And it was hard for me to try and get the weight up above 52 because 52, 53, 54, was yeah. I was hobbing around, hovering around pretty much all the prep before I did the last bit of cutting. And that's the thing for a lot of people when they initiate a weight loss, whatever, they're so used to seeing a scale go down. If that's what they pin their worth on, they're stuck. They don't want to see the scale go up. And that's when the whole emotional thing starts to really try and stick out because I didn't have any emotional attachment to the scale until that 49. Then I found it really freaking difficult. And then when I went into the powerlifting, my weight class was 56. So then that kind of same thing happened. But because I grew in that whole time, it's not just point A to point B. I had all that time in between and grew. I wasn't as emotionally attached to scale. It was just for the pure fact of I need to keep be near this weight for comp because I'm happy with where I am and I don't want to have to do a cut. So that's why I yeah. get rid of all of that stuff because I can tell you at that 49 kilos, I look way better than that 37. At my 50, I'm about... That's right. At my 57 now, I look way better than my 49. Like, I don't even want to get back on stage again because yeah. I look at how shredded I look. It's like, that doesn't even look freaking attractive to me. Like, people yeah. do it as a sport. If you want to treat it as a sport, yeah. that's great because it's just, like, I, don't, I wouldn't call it a sport, but it is a sport to those people. Like, treat it, give it respect for what it is. Give powerlifting respect for what that is. Don't go into a yeah, of, oh, I just want, I just want to look straight up on stage. Like, go to a freaking model thing on my body if you don't want to actually, blah blah. Like, at least that way is more sustainable because getting lean for a modeling shoot is different than getting lean for a stage and getting lean for life. It's for life. It's Absolutely. not for a certain day. Like, I would, I, the most yeah. weight I dropped in a week was. From what was I? I was 62. I dropped down to, but no, I was 61. Dropped down to 58, maintained that for a while, and then I dropped down to 56 overnight. From, from, 
No, I dropped yeah. down to 55 overnight. So I lost about six kilos that week and about four kilos overnight. But guess what? The next day, I was back up at my usual weight because it's water weight. Like, yeah. that's, that's, that's the scale. That's right. It fluctuates like crazy. You might get to a place where it's stable. Like, before I started my running, I was yeah. 51 kilos. Now I'm 57 yeah. kilos. And I don't really look that much different. But I'm doing different sports. I'm not holding as yeah. much muscle glycogen. I'm not training in that. Like, I would say I look better at the 61 than I do now. But I don't care because I'm yeah. so happy with where I am. I feel good. I have energy. I'm, I have so much energy after I run. I have so much energy after I do anything. Like, I've never felt more at peace with where my body is and what I'm doing because I'm freaking fit as hell. Versus before, I That's right. looked fit. But I couldn't run a five kilometer yep. before. I could hardly run a three kilometer. <laughs> and now I'm running seven yep. kilometers. I'm doing a half marathon soon. Like, this can only take you so far. Like, what's it going to do if you can squat freaking 100 kilos? What, what does that give you in life? Unless you're a power yep. it doesn't matter. If you just want to freaking look good and actually be able to see your feet without seeing a belly in the way, you don't really care about how much you look. Yet I really care about like uh, like oh, I have so much more clarity now, and I've fallen in love with just the process. Like I don't even care. Like I would walk into a gym session and I just do things the way they are, and I'm just like I'm doing this, I'm feeling this, and even though I put the weight on things and try to think how can I improve this lift in terms of. I think this is really light now. I'm going to add some weight. It's not, I'm chasing to look like a big beast on Instagram. I think Instagram ruined that because everyone's posting <laughs> things that look cool. But half of my shit doesn't even look cool. Like, people would <laughs> want to post stuff that gets like, I'm doing freaking like, okay, let's, let's, just, let's just do a step up. Let's just do a leg curl. Let's just do a box jump. Like, that doesn't look cool. But it gets me my results. It gets me what I want. Like I give people like leg press this, front squat back, but use tempo. Like that doesn't look cool because it's just like a little tiny clip on the end. But I I actually just wrote a message from Jody saying my legs are fried from yesterday and I have legs again in two days. I'm gonna be even more sore. So it's like the simplest things on paper have the biggest effect. Like I have some people on home programs and they're like, holy shit, this is my least favorite day ever because it makes me feel this way. But then that's when the whole relationship with food comes in. So it's like you're walking this particular girl. She's realizing how much better she's feeling in her body, how much more energy she's having and how focusing on her performance and putting 100% effort into that performance and feeling great afterwards has somehow leaked into her perception of food because she's feeling amazing doing what she's doing and pushing her body, realizing how I do one thing is how I do everything. I made her That's right. yourself more. I'm like, you're not pushing yourself enough in the training. I want you to push yourself so hard that your yeah. form, as soon as your form starts to break down, that's when you stop. And now she's yeah. got that push with her food because she realizes, hey, I can fit anything in, but I don't want to sacrifice this. If I want to sacrifice that, I'll ask for a substitution. Yeah, that's right. So I yeah. think that, and I think 
food and exercise come so hand in hand that as soon as you start sacrificing good food, you start sacrificing what you can do on the floor. You start sacrificing your lifts. You start sacrificing how much effort you can put in. You know, everything everything evolves around good food. As soon as you've got a good healthy diet or a good healthy lifestyle, everything else just flows in and, and it all meshes together. Oh, I'm glad that you said that because good food equals good mood. It equals your gut feels better. If you have your gut feeling gross, you're going to feel gross. You're not going to want to do things. That's, and that's right. Yeah, yeah, your efforts just... It does get worse. Yeah. You have your period and you're more bloated and all the other stuff around the period, but that's the thing. You create an identity for yourself where you don't let that little takeaway for a couple of days, whenever your PMS is the worst or your period is the worst, you don't let that take away from the person you want to become. You say, is this adding to That's you? Right. Or who yeah. I don't want to be like, where is it taking me? Don't focus on who you were. You want to focus on all that yeah. you're becoming and how you want to feel. Not, I want That's to right. like this. Because that doesn't hold yeah. away. It's like, yeah, cool, I want to look like that, but what does that mean to me? It's going to let me keep up with yeah. the kids. I have a girl that is yeah. so in love with just her son that she was always sacrificing herself for the son. She would talk to me for a good two weeks, fall off again. I would keep annoying yeah. her, annoying her, and then she'll come back, apologize, blah, 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 keep going. That happened for a while. And then she finally started, she's been consistent for about almost four weeks now because she's realizing how much more energy she has for her son and yeah. how better her son is behaving because her mom is his mom is showing up better for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the I think when I was the best mum, like if I could describe a time in the 12 years that I've been a parent now, when the best time that I've been the best that I could be for my kids, it was when I was eating healthy, not giving a shit about what the scale said, and was just always active and always, you know, always training, always looking after myself, you know, and that fled on, fed on through to the kids. Yeah, I you know, we did more we were always out hiking or bushwalking whenever we had a spare five seconds. You know, it was so easy to do stuff with them. And they came with me to the gym. They were there with me every day that I was training and they were eating the same food and, you know, it was just the lifestyle we had. And I think that was the best time so far that I've had yeah. being a parent. So yeah. it's certainly the easiest too. Exactly. You rubbed it on and that's the thing. Like I actually have a post-it note right next to my computer saying break the habit consistently. But under it, highlighted, Feels good, right? Question mark. Because so what? Break the habit consistently. Yeah, cool. Feels good, right? It's it's asking you that question. It's some asking you a question that you wouldn't ask yourself. You just look at it and be like, okay, cool. Yeah, I broke the habit. And then you do it again because you didn't sit to think. Feels good, right? And that comes back to let's we're, we're talking about the food relationship now. It's those reminders around you. The reminders of break the habit consistently. Feels good, right? Food is fuel. And then I'm reading off, off another one near me. Food is fuel. Nourish, fuel, perform. Feel in control. Hunger isn't an emergency. I've had this up here for ages. It's it's always been there. Hunger isn't an emergency. Eat to perform. But that doesn't really, that's not something that I look at now. That was something that I used before. What I use now is being strict with myself. I struggled with this at the start. But I have times on my board that I eat my meals. I have yeah. that time. I will not eat my meal if it is more than 15 minutes before that time. And then yeah. it takes me about 15, 10 minutes to actually make the meal sometimes. But otherwise I have the containers because 
three of those meals are in containers. Two of those meals aren't. So there's only two that I actually have to make. Yeah. So it's, that's another thing, like making shit easy for yourself. Like I work from home. Do I need to make my meals? No, but why do I do it? It's easy for me. It's there. I don't have to second guess things. I'm not going to accidentally accidentally add stuff to my meals that I didn't track or I didn't love or I didn't account for. Like, yeah, maybe sometimes it might only be a 10 calorie here or a 20 calorie there, but it adds up over time. And it's that habit of yeah. you don't want to break the chain. I was talking to a girl yeah. that was competing. She had a hissy fit and almost broke down. Actually, she did break down. She told me she broke down over a banana because she couldn't eat that banana. And <laughs> that banana wasn't going to set her back. It's if I eat this banana and break the chain and break this identity of that's the thing. Thing. That's right. That's the thing. Yeah, it's not about the banana. It's about what she's tried so hard to accomplish. And that one banana, even though, like you said, it's not about the banana, it is that chain. As soon as she does that, she's stepping off that off the wagon that she's got moving. Yeah. And that's the thing. Keep that moving. Realising that there aren't on or off options, and that's why I do provide a very flexible meal plan for the girls, like for you girls. There's a flexible meal plan there. Stick with it, but yeah. change it around. Like you can move. If you open it up, it's all on Excel. This is for the actual meal plan girls. Penny is a macro girl. So there's the meal plans and you can actually move things around and be like, okay, I don't want this with this meal, I want this with this meal. And you can change it every day. Like I say, open it up on a Friday or the day before you do your shopping, look at it, move things around the way that you want to create your meals, like move all the ingredients around. And if you're a macro girl, I'm a macro girl. I've never had a meal plan written for me because my coach doesn't do that. So he gives me my macros. I write my meal plan. He literally says, yeah, don't do that. But yeah, so... <laughs> I, I wrote my meal plan down. What do I do? I look at it and I I usually keep it. I've kept it for the last six weeks. It's only this week that I've changed the oats and I like it so much better I'm keeping it. But what I yeah. did what I did do is I took out some grams of some carbs somewhere so I can add more I can't remember what it was. I took out some grams from some carbs somewhere and added it into I want the fat I want more I want more rice with my tuna dish. Because I freaking love my tuna base. So I just yeah. I just changed that little thing up and that's the power of macros. You plan out your meal plan and you can be like, okay, so I want these meals here, these meals here. Cool, let's go with it. And then you keep doing it and you keep repeating it until it needs changing. And yeah. you don't always have to change the food itself to change the flavors. Like that's why with my girls, I give them all the sources of protein they can have with a particular meal. It's not just chicken yeah. It's not just broccoli. Yeah. These are the veggies you can have. Unless they're very deficient in something and I need to actually put a specific thing in, I usually say, here are all the veggies you can have. Like I have some people that I particularly say, you can only have beetroot here because they need the beta alanine, the nitrates. They need that nitrate from the beetroot itself. So, yeah. oh, and there are particular people where I won't be like, you can have any of these nuts. I'll be like, you need to have Brazil nut because you're lacking selenium. So, you like you can choose whatever you want from those veggies. I don't feel like green beans tonight. I'm gonna have capsicum, something like that. It's it's flexible for you to play around with it. And when you write your own meal plan, you can do the same thing. Like make it flexible, knowing what you can sub in and out. Like okay, so I have the tuna here, but I can also have chicken breast with it. Like I can swap it. Yeah. 
or you can change the sources, find sources with similar, like similar calories in it. Log in those sources and be like, okay, I don't feel like having something sake tonight. I would have this curry type of thing. I don't even know if they taste the same because I don't like curry and I don't like sake. They're both spicy. But yeah. Mm. Hey, what? Are you going? <laughs> Am I going? <laughs> okay. So the thing that the reason I had to break the habit consistently there and the reason that I've come to where I am now to be so in control of my food to the point where like I was reflecting on it last night actually, which is really funny. I was like, I can't believe now my whole life, my whole life, you know what I mean? My whole life, all I ever wanted to do was just eat five solid meals. It was like my biggest goal to just eat five solid meals and not snack in between because I hate snacking. I want big meals. Like I struggled so hard to just get that simple damn thing of just eating five meals and not snacking in between. And I realized I <laughs> believe I'm actually doing this. Like I'm able to eat five meals, stick to my schedule and not snack in between. Like who am I? And it felt so good to actually say it and yeah. remind myself for that because that's that's something I struggled with because I used to eat pretty much bird food all the time. I would always be snacking yeah. with eggs. I always wanted to eat something. So I would go through yeah. a piece of lettuce. I'd have a whole frozen bag of beans in the fridge. I would already have tracked one kilos or two kilos of green beans every single day in my meal plan because I knew that I was going to go through two, two freaking one kilo bags of green beans snacking on them. Just have them in a bowl, just yeah. them because it's what I did. <laughs> I broke that habit. And it was hard at first because I still wanted to snack in between. And that's the thing. I didn't completely break the habit. I subbed it out for just eating a bowl, like a bowl of jelly, which probably wasn't that good, but it, it probably wasn't that good for my gut health with the amount that I was having. But I had a bowl of jelly in between all the time and some lettuce, some cucumber, whatever I wanted to eat in between my meals. And now I'm able to just drink when I'm first, like drink. When I'm thirsty or not thirsty, because I just I just love drinking water. I'm always I'm always going to drink, but I drink in between my meals because I don't need to I don't need to snack anymore. And it took a while yeah. because that meal plan, having set times, was scary. I didn't have faith that I could stick into it. That's like we never have faith in ourselves that we can do something because we failed so many times before. But I persisted, and the times didn't work for me. It's on a whiteboard. Rub it off, write it again. That's why yeah. I used to I used to write my meal plan on a whiteboard too. I don't do it anymore. I print it out because I stick to it. I used to have it on a whiteboard, wipe it out and change things around here and there. But no, it's printed out and I stick to it for weeks, weeks, weeks until I feel like changing it. Like that took my whole life pretty much since I started playing. Yeah, that's all right. If people yeah. expect to win things in a year. Like, I was battling since 2014 or 15, 2015 to try and get no snacking. Actually, it was probably before that because I started having issues in high school with my grazing and hardly eating proper food. So it's taken me pretty much my whole life, yes, to finally get that consistency. And, yes, starting the gym helped a lot. Yes, I was more disciplined at some point in my life when I was actually prepping my meals off a bro bodybuilder's thing. Like I was literally eating because I was pescatarian. 
are literally eating 100 grams of white fish, 200 grams of asparagus, and this much sweet potato six times a day, every three hours, yeah. he said. And yeah. I studied this stuff and I knew it wasn't right. I knew what I was doing, but I still did what he told me. Like, yeah. you can know the best for yourself and still not do it. But I did. Yeah. And I stuck to it. Like, I was perfect on it. I stuck to it for a good five, five months because it was my first time doing it. I had that in five. Stuck to it for ages. Ultimately, do I want to be like that again? No, because, well, I did. I wanted to be like that again because I was so disappointed back then and I felt good because I did what I said I was going to do. But then I remember I was also eating a lot of Quest bars that were just left around because I, I was working, like I was, I owned a supplement store back then and we we bought them because it was our store. So mm. I would eat random Quest bars here and then I would say, that wasn't on my plan. I'm going to go, no, I'm just going to try and undo it on the treadmill, even though I know that, I knew that wasn't going to work. I it, but I it. <laughs> and it was that whole idea of, I just fucked up on my plan. That, that was at the end yep. of it, not during it. So and then you punish yourself because you haven't stuck to your plan. So you're punish, punishing yourself twice, basically. Mm. So yeah. there was actually someone in the group that said that they had like the littlest thing and they were, I can't remember what it was, but they did, they did the littlest thing of plans and they wanted to punish themselves for it or take something out or something like that. And I'm just like, why? It's the tiniest thing ever. Like, She's like, fine. I know it doesn't even add up too much, but it's like it's like the fact that you went against what you said you were gonna do that then carries that emotional thing with it, which is then what yeah. helps. This helps your relationship with food if you look at it from a different perspective. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Instead of thinking inside it, think outside it. Hey, I don't want to do this because I know the emotions that come with it, and I know how good I feel yeah. when I stick to it because the person I want to become is strong. She feels good. And I know that, like, people will see people on social media, like, they have their shit together. They're always eating this way, having all this gorgeousness, blah, blah, blah. But to be honest, you don't know what it was like before when they actually have to cut it down. Like, you make a lot more sacrifices at the start than you do at the end because That's right. you need to cut things out. You need to sacrifice a lot more if you're cutting on, like, 600 calories to if you're maintaining because most of your life, should be maintenance. Yeah. Maintenance is a bubble. It's not, hey, this is a maintenance number. No, it's a bubble. You can gain muscle right. maintenance. You can lose body yep, fat. Right. You can lose body fat. I'm not saying weight. Keep that. Hello. Yes. Fat, not weight. You can lose body fat at maintenance. Body composition yep. can happen at maintenance. I've been at, I feel like I've been at maintenance my whole life because my body hasn't really shifted either way. Except if you look at photos from a year ago, I don't like how I looked like a year ago because my body composition wasn't as good as it looks now because I played a patient game. Like, yeah. you lose the fat to start with and then you start to build yourself up on maintenance calories and you stick to that. Like, yeah. I, never, I never wanted to diet again. So I didn't do massive pluses. I would stay in between like this, which is the best way to do it because, yeah, so what's your struggle when it comes to your food relationship gee what's my struggle <laughs> i have so many of them um i think i think for me um my issues with food started as a kid um i was always made i always had a really big appetite 
which could have been a really good thing because I was always a really active kid as well. And instead of feeding this active child healthy food because she needed nourishment to be able to maintain the lifestyle that I had, I was always made to feel bad for eating too much. Um, The quality of food that I had was not great. Um, And I think that stuck with me through to my adult life. So I've always had this really negative, really negative thought pattern with food. Um, I've, geez, it's so hard. I've tried hard to like break the cycle. And for a while I have, well, I thought I had, I thought I had gotten a grip of my food when I was training and everything. Um, but really it, it wasn't, I went from, from one extreme to the other. So I went, when I was in an unhappy marriage, I used food as my comfort, like everybody or so many other women use food to comfort. It's the same thing. You know, if you feel bad, you have some chocolate or you feel alone, you have some chocolate or whatever it may be until I put on a lot of weight. And then when we separated, um, I got what I thought was control of my food. Um, and I thought I was being healthier by exercising an extreme amount um, and starving myself. And I would, I, I would punish myself, like you were saying before, like if I ate something that wasn't healthy, like everything I had, I took all of the sugar out of all of my food. I took everything artificial out of all my food and I ate completely clean. And if I did step outside of that, I would just, like I would literally go for a run up a mountain. I'd do kilometres and kilometres of running or I would do half an hour of just straight skipping to just punish myself and work off all of this food. And I, that was my rational reasoning. I was like, oh, it doesn't matter what I eat, providing that I'm willing to exercise it off. So if I don't want to flog myself, then I will eat healthy. So for as long as I didn't want to exercise over the top I would eat healthy and if I stepped outside of that comfort zone I just had to go for a huge run or swim a couple of kilometers or except in the moment it didn't feel that way no no absolutely at the time I thought I was incredibly healthy and I had gotten a grip of everything um and I used to tell my friends and my family like oh yeah cool like life for me is great like I'm controlling this so well I can control my food it's fine I don't eat all of the crap like if I go to a party I'm that mum standing off in the corner not eating the sausage rolls with the kids and only eating the carrots you know and I thought that that was control but it wasn't all I was doing was refusing myself to have fun I was I was not allowing myself to be a person outside of my food. My food literally controlled my life. And then when I I moved, I moved down towards Brisbane and things changed. I met my partner and everything changed. Um, I started working. I couldn't train as hard. So because I wasn't training as hard and I was working a lot, I felt like my relationship with food really started slipping. I got into bodybuilding and, like you said, was doing six meals a day of like 75 grams of of fish or or chicken or whatever and then loading up on green things and only eating green and only eating vegetables and it wasn't sustainable for me um and then I slowly started eating more takeaway because it's more readily available here and then I would punish myself for it so I would spend all weekend doing a huge run or a huge climb or do something ridiculous train three times a day to try and make myself feel better but inside like I was just beating myself up so I'd be beating myself up mentally 
as well as physically. Um, and it wasn't until I fell pregnant with my last baby that I was like, huh, okay, I'm in a situation where I'm pregnant now and I don't have to care about my food. I can put whatever I want into my body because I'm pregnant and that's okay. And I use my baby as an excuse to just eat all of the shit. I ate so much Nutella and so much bad stuff. And it wasn't until I had him that I realised that I was, like, way out of control. Everything. Would you say that, I've got two words down, would you say that the fact that you had the baby and you use that as the justification, that it gave you comfort and validation knowing, hey, I can use this, this as an excuse so I'm not going to be pulled apart from what I'm eating. And I feel comfortable. Absolutely. I feel comfortable. Absolutely. It was an excuse. It was absolutely an excuse to to not be responsible for what I was doing with my body. You know, being pregnant was the excuse that I needed to be able to let go of my obsession with controlling my food. But I did the complete opposite. I just com- controlled it in a completely different way because I went the total opposite again. So I've gone from one extreme to the other and then back to this extreme where I'm like, oh, I'm pregnant. I don't need to watch what I put in my body anymore. And I put on 30 kilos in nine months. By the time I had him, the day that I had him, I was sitting on 99 kilos. So I'd gone from 63 to 99. So there you go, 36 kilos in in a pregnancy, which is an astounding, astounding amount. And I had no diabetes like everyone was you know doctors were concerned about gestational diabetes and all that sort of stuff which was non-existent technically there was nothing wrong with me I was not unhealthy I was just gaining an extreme amount of weight because I was just pumping sugar into my body because I was like oh I don't need to have this control anymore but that was just another form of control Losing control is still another form of control, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like that was the choice that I was making. Yeah. So, so I actually got a way for you to break through this. And it all comes down to my goal setting videos that I have in the group, but we're going to do it here. We're going to think of it because everything that you said there was control, comfort, validation. You came from abusing yourself. Have you ever in that time spent time with just yourself? I spent a lot of time with just myself, but it was always punishment. It was always like I would go and sit for hours um, at the top of a mountain, but I would flog myself to get up there. Like I would time myself and I'd be like, you need to run. You need to run as hard and fast up this hill as you can. Do not stop. You know, don't stop for a break. Don't stop to think about the birds that are chirping. Don't stop to appreciate what is around you. Don't stop to appreciate what your body can do. Like, you know, not every single mother, because I was a single mother at the time, not every single mother of three can just get up and run to the top of a mountain and stand there with a sweaty six-pack and go, woo, look at me. You know, like that's the thing that I should have been appreciating. I should have appreciated myself. And I absolutely didn't. As soon as you broke past all of that, you didn't even have time to put yourself first because then you were just thrown into a job that sucked everything out of you. So you never really had time for yourself after that really bad period in your life. So you absolutely you forgot you lost who you are. You don't know yeah. who Penny is anymore because you don't know who Penny is anymore. You don't know what Penny likes to do. You don't know what Penny loves, what Penny enjoys. 
what Penny's hobbies are. But I've witnessed something in you that I know is a hobby for you. You love your fish. You love. I do like my fish. (laughs) You love your fish. You love. You love giving love. You love like because you're so used to not having it yourself, especially after the abusive relationship. It's like everything you need is validation. Validation from food. You need validation that things are going right, but you never give it to yourself. And that's the thing, like, why else did you climb up to the top of the mountain? You wanted that reward. So why aren't you rewarding yourself now just for being you? Why aren't you rewarding yourself along the journey for that self-care? Why aren't you rewarding yourself in a way that's going to make you be that better person? That's the way to see everything. You're rewarding yourself with food. You're rewarding yourself with great exercise because it is a reward when you feel amazing afterwards. You're going to be rewarding yourself with having a bath twice a week, just sitting with yourself, listening to music because you like music. You can listen to podcasts. You like listening to podcasts. Put something, like reward yourself every single day. That's why this schedule that I have up is so important to me because 5.30 to 7.30 a.m., there's a big green line across it saying morning routine. I do whatever the fuck I want in that time. It might be work. It might be responding to stuff. It might be checking in on something, but it's my time, whatever I want to do. And then under that, it says gym block out, 7 a.m. until 11 a.m. That's 5.30 to 11 a.m. that I'm being selfish with myself, doing what I want. Yes, you know that I still reply to you in those times, but you always get messages from me in those times. That's (laughs) what I choose to. I don't have notifications on my phone. My phone is on do not disturb mode until at 11 a.m. So I don't know just about what's going on on my phone. I choose what I want to consume in that period of time. I can, yeah. I choose. I'm in control and that's my reward to myself because I feel fucking good doing it. Like no one's telling yeah, me how right. to live my life. I choose it because yeah. that's how my business needs to run. It needs to run a tight ship. It was hard to start with because I felt guilty for not always being on call. But I gave shit calling when I was always on call. Now that yeah. it's when I want to, hey, I have a laptop open. Hey, I can actually look into things. Hey, I can do more detail. Or, hey, I have my phone now. I can actually voice message you now, which is a lot more detail in short period of time. It's, it's giving myself to you, giving myself to you, not giving a version of me to you. It's actually being able to give myself to me because I am me. You don't want to have all these different stresses, like filling up this bucket so that it overfills into all other areas of your life. Because if you let that pile yeah. up, because you empty it every time you give to yourself, self-care is the drain as soon as you give to yourself it empties and then it fills up during the day again give to yourself fills up again if it spills over into all the other areas of your life goodbye sticking to my food plan goodbye wanting to do good for my body goodbye even trying to push myself in my training like that is your reward to yourself your reward to yourself is actually doing what you said you're going to do because that's That's right important thing if you cut your work out of doing what you think you're going to do what message is that sending to you how is that going to make you feel that's right that's right it's just a negative message because as soon as you as soon as you don't do what you've said you're going to do you automatically start doubting yourself oh see i I knew you weren't going to do it so why you bother trying you know and it's this vicious cycle um and that's what i get on with my food as soon as i slip even slightly or the thought the thoughts of slipping is enough for me to end on 
like end up in this massive whirlwind of, oh my God, I feel like slipping. I feel like eating something bad. Oh my God, oh my God. And I just stress and I get so anxious about it. And then that's and I convince myself. Yeah, and I convince myself to eat something shit because I'm going to anyway because I can't possibly stay committed to what I would do. Why? Why, are you why can't I stay? Yeah, why? You just told yourself you're going to do it. Why aren't you going to do it? There's no reason. There's no logical reason. And that's that's probably the hardest part is I don't feel like there's a logical reason to not be telling yourself that you're going to quit when there's no logical reason for you to quit. You're just telling yourself you want to quit because you're trying to drop the other yeah. until sabotage because you're doing so fucking well. But have you celebrated doing well? No, because you think you're going to slip up. So you don't want to celebrate that you're doing well because you're going to slip up and then have to take your words back. No. So that's right. everything you do along the way. This is the thing that everyone struggles with. They don't celebrate their wins. And then they come to me whining about, oh, this happened at work, and now I feel like this is I'm pulling everything apart because this happened at work. Like, <laughs> <laughs> in the morning and I just say the same thing because I just cleaned it in. Like, dude, do you remember how freaking good you were during the week? Oh, I forgot about that. Like, yeah, that's right. In particular things, you know, how would you do during the week? I've mentioned particular things, but they may have led on to me or I saw on social media feeds. But they don't give a shit about that because, hey, it's not this big bad thing that's yelling at my head. No, celebrate your wins all along the way. I used to celebrate mine all the time. That's why That's why I started my selfie game. That's where my selfies came from because I struggled a lot of the time getting to the gym and I doubted that I could keep it going. I doubted a yeah. lot of things and I still doubt a lot of things, but I put it out there into the universe. Like, I I hate running. I hate it. Wait, I hated running. <laughs> And I never wanted to be given money in my life. Like I would, but then I realized the benefits of it. And that's the thing as well. Like you, if you focus on all the benefits of something, you'll want to do it more, but I still didn't want to do it. Like this yeah. was back then, like I still didn't want to do it, but I did it because, hey, I'm getting fitter. And I just decided this whole running thing now was because I hate it so much and it's a challenge so much that I, I'm so complacent in the gym because I'm, if, it became something I love again because I yeah. found myself that I, I wanted a challenge. I wanted something to push me and I found a hobby. That's my hobby. Your fish yeah. is your hobby. Your fish is your hobby. The running is my hobby. The fish is your hobby. So finding something that we love to do. Yeah. I have to create this How does it make you feel? Rewarded. Validated. Okay. It yeah. makes you feel rewarded and validated because you're nurturing something and you can see it thriving. When you see it thriving, you feel rewarded. You feel validated. Hey, I'm a good Absolutely. fish. I'm a good fish owner. Now flip, flip the switch. You're you're a fish. Look after you. <laughs> I need to be looked after, and I'm not sure. I don't know how to get back to that because I used to feel that way. You didn't used to feel that way. <laughs> but that's the thing. There's nothing to get back to because that control you had before. <laughs> you couldn't sustain that before. What you had before, the reason you purged, almost said burged again, the reason you purged any excess out is is not from a place of I want to feel validated. It's from a place of I'm, I'm going to slip up again. I'm going to slip up so I need yeah. to close myself because I already slipped up once. I'm going to keep slipping up. If I keep slipping up, then I'm going to fail. But all yeah. the failures are lessons. So 
I'm having a conversation just the same way that I do with you every single morning. I have a couple of other girls that do it with me every single night. And I got, actually, this is a really good message. I'm going to reach out. It's a really, really good message. Um, I just want to say to you, the messages to you in the morning have been so valuable to me, not for any other reason other than because you made it so simple. It was just one 20-second message in the morning. I was like, like some mornings there I almost didn't do it. And then I was like, it's 20 seconds out of my life. There's no reason why I can't send a 20-second message. And then and that it was like a minute, been sometimes it was a three minute, sometimes it was a ten minute. <laughs> right. And it's been a step different. Absolutely. And what it's been periods of time that you've voice messaged me, you found so many things out about yourself. You opened up absolutely you didn't even realise yourself. Like those yeah. it's stuff that we don't talk about to anyone because we don't want to talk about it to someone close to us sometimes. So it's just way back there. But do you remember the message I said to you when you almost skipped the first day or when you were late on yeah. I know. Yeah, when you almost skipped your first day, I'm like, mate, do what you said you're going to do because what's this going to do? How you do anything is how you do everything. This is why you're going to slip up because you're not being consistent. And you exactly. have consistency. And then as soon as I saw that you had those consistency, you said it yourself, I started simple. So all our, yeah. coaching, all our coaching was then was message me in the morning. And that's right. That's was, you might think, oh, this is a waste of my time. I might as well just go and do my own thing. No, you stayed on doing that simple yeah. thing. If you didn't do that, you yeah. would be where you are now. And where you are now Absolutely. is actually getting your food into my fitness style and working around it. You're actually using macros. Yeah. Actually, you planned out your dinner. You're actually sticking to the meals. But that's you're coming to me afraid of what's going to happen in the future. You're sticking to it now, but you're afraid of, hey, I'm going to slip up. But no, you're not. Because... Look at all the wins already. Like, that is a win I just said then. If we didn't do that one thing, we would still be off in freaking Toronto, Timbuktu, bloody. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, and I to me, this is a really good message, Rosie. She actually just messaged me today. She messaged me three hours ago, and I will tell you what she said. Okay, so last night, she sent me a message saying, hey, Ruby, today's not going to be a 100-day. Food was okay, but there's no exercise tonight, so I'm going to bed early. And then I'm like, more positive. It's not about 100. You know this. It's 100% effort. She's like, yeah, all effort isn't 100 today. Not because I don't want to, but. And then she listed a whole of these other things. And then I said to her, okay, so what could you have done better today? Question. Why didn't you sleep well? Question. She listed where it all went, and one of the things she said was, today I should have got up. Today I also should have got up from my desk and stepped outside, but I couldn't. And she said, because you know how you're doing that, me with me with the quote? She's like, your mind is the ultimate weapon against your challenges. That's what she said to me. I'm like, okay, cool. So, because she had trouble sleeping. I'm like, okay, cool. So we know how to fix this. You need to put your brain on paper before bed. And then I asked her another question because she said she could have stepped outside. I knew the answer, but I wanted her to tell me. I'm like, how can we make sure this happens next time? See, she had those slip-ups and she almost beat herself up for it. But I said she did 100% of my book because 
she didn't know what she knows now after the conversation but now she has it and she's like okay so this is what i'll do i will set a timer for 15 minutes and go for a walk no exceptions because i know i need it she messaged me today 12 11 in at noon photo of herself i'm taking that walk break how do you feel she's like I feel like I just need to get away from the desk and recharge my brain. And then she starts to overthink and worry again. She's not celebrating that win, but that's going to come with time. It's okay to not celebrate it. You need to consistent. You need to keep the consistency and then start to celebrate. Celebrate the win. Yeah. That's why I said, how do you feel? Because she wouldn't have treated yeah. it as if it wasn't for me. She would have just said, I'm so worried about all these stuff that's around me. I need to get back to my desk. Celebrate. Yeah. So now you have to celebrate all that was, all that you've already accomplished with me in that period of time to where you are now and where you want to be, not what the freaking hell you want to get back to. Because we don't want to get back to that. <laughs> we don't want to get back to that. We don't want to bash ourselves. We want to freaking No, we don't. Absolutely not. You weren't beating boxing bags or other people. You were beating yourself. Yeah, that's right. Freaking penny basher. Now, <laughs> now we're moving forward. You want to think about everything you want to become, which is where now we're going to make that vision board. How do I want to feel? I still have mine from the last three years. I have all the words there because I just add to it. Or if something is like I really need to change something, I'll change it. But everything's the same. All of these feelings are a sat now. Everything you do, feel that way, that changes over time. And that's where the separate sheet I changed that yearly. So I have abundance. I want to, I want to have clarity. I want to be athlete-minded. Because how does athlete mind make me feel? It makes me feel in control. It makes me feel organized. It makes me feel strong and empowered. These are all the words I have there. These are the words that I want to feel. They're strong because it's like, yes, I want to feel empowered. Yes, I want to feel, yep. I want to have strength. I want to feel productive. I want to have energy. I'm not going to have energy if I don't have systems and I'm not organized because I'm going to be drained all the time. Mm. Mindful and intense are always my biggest words on there. Because I want everything I do to be on purpose, with purpose. Because I know, and that that's yeah. That will make. Yeah, I think that's the other one. Yeah. Everything you do should be mindful. What you do on purpose, with purpose. Because then you'll get your words, which are for you. You want to feel at harmony in your world. You want to feel that balance. You didn't have that before. When you have balance, that's where the reward comes in. You're balanced when you're rewarding yourself. And not punishing yourself. Yeah. You never looked within, and you never focused on yourself and time with self. When you, when you did have time with yourself, it wasn't coming from a place of comfort and validation. It was thinking of having absolutely to not. It was thinking of punishing yourself in ways to get it from the external. Yeah. So now you're going to see yourself as a fish in a fish tank, and you're going to start giving yourself <laughs> what you need, what you need, because you know you're not going to screw up because. It's a whiteboard you're going to write, you have it on. A whiteboard. Yeah. You're going to start rubbing things off when they need to be rubbed off and you're going to edit it ruthlessly like I did. You're going to have fuck-ups like I did. I've got my whiteboard on the fridge. It's yeah. like a constant reminder for me. Every time I walk past the fridge, I know I know where I'm at and I know what I need to do and I'm not going to let that fridge control me anymore because that's what I feel like I've been doing is just aimlessly walking past the fridge and the fridge is like, yeah, just open me and just grab a snack. <laughs> what you're going to do, you, you're going to come up with your meal times and you're going to eat at those set times. If you know you need to change it, change mm -hmm. 
first thing in the morning, like rub it off like that. If you slip up a little, yep. leeway. I gave myself leeway and I still give myself leeway. But as long as they're all there, because hunger is an emergency. That's something I keep reminding myself and that's what helped me get past that last stage. I'm not even hungry. It's just the habit. I need to break this habit and I need to realize how yep. in control I feel. And that's when I said to you in that voice message to you, people will look at me saying, hey, isn't that strict? Like, isn't that good obsessive? No, I am free because I am in control. And yeah, it's not I'm in control and a borderline anorexia because I'm stopping myself from eating all this food. I'm healthy. Hmm. I'm fueling my body. I know that if I want to let something in, something has to give. What you say yes to, that's right. something has to be said no to. Do you want to make that sacrifice? That's right. No, you don't. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jenny wants you to make that sacrifice. Well, fuck off, Jenny. I feel good doing what I do. Like, know what you want. You want to make that sacrifice and not Jenny. Make that sacrifice. That's right. That's yeah. if you If you feel like you're about to slip, cool. Pull out your phone. What is it that you feel like eating and why? Oh, I don't actually feel like anything. I'm going to stick to what I have. Like, actually make the moves. Make something fit if you have to make it fit. Because, hey, you're not feeding. You're not sleeping. You're feeding it in. For, yeah. for, the, for the middle plan, girls. Ruby, I want to sit this in. But I'm cool to do it tomorrow. And you'll realize tomorrow you probably won't even want it. And if you do, then you know what's the next time it happens. Mm. Like, it's giving yeah. yourself every opportunity to learn from the failures and to grow from them, but not to feel defeated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I know that by being in control of my food, I will feel more in control of myself in general because right now I'm out of control. Like when I was really healthy prior, like when I used to really restrict my food, I don't know why I keep saying really healthy because I wasn't, really healthy like I, I feel like because we're putting healthy food in our bodies doesn't mean we're healthy like mentally I certainly wasn't because that relationship was not healthy um something to do you have something to do so as soon as we get off this call I'm just saying this now when we get off this call the first thing I want you to do is to type into google your diet isn't just what you eat what you eat what you eat. and just type that in and you'll come up with a quote first thing you're going to do is get that printed off you're going to start creating a vision board. If you don't have any, like, I have my own blue tack on my wall. I don't actually have it on anything. It's just blue tack there. Figure out where you're going to put that vision board. That's going to be the center of yours. Because I feel like that is what dictated your whole life. You mm -hmm. look at the whole aspect of everything. It's like, yeah, okay, cool, I'm healthy. But it's also how we speak. It's our environment. It's all this other stuff. But the thing is, our environment isn't. Like, we aren't who we surround ourselves with only because that was a saying that came before technology. We now have TV. We have social media. We are who we follow. We are who we watch on TV. We are what we Absolutely. watch on TV. So yeah. think about all of that. I forgot I have another one. I have another one that says my highest values. There's a list right there. It says continual growth and learning. I've had this since 2018 when I first started doing vision boards and it's still there. Peace of mind, freedom of time. Feeling free is very big to me and I feel free when I'm in control. Mission, mm. purpose, intent, self-development and analysis, self-care and self-love. 
at the very top of my values list is continual growth and learning because yeah. I don't feel like I don't feel I don't feel good unless I'm giving I'm a giver but that's also why the second one is self-care and self-love that, that balance that's that yin yang but I need to that's and I need by giving to myself I because there's a bit of both there continual growth and learning is gifted to you guys but it's also gifting myself with the ability to help you guys you know how amazing I feel you guys have wins when you guys are doing amazing like there is no better feeling I feel like with my kids so that for me is a high value because I didn't do that I would feel lost and I don't want to feel lost yeah. so sometimes yeah that's right you give. like sometimes you need to actually walk time out and be like no nah, it's okay if you stress out about it which is what I used to do it was fine set a timer it's just 10 minutes I'm going to do this that's how I got into a lot of this stuff. I set a timer and I did my vision board because before I thought that that was a waste of time. Set a vision board. I mean, set a timer, did my vision board, and I actually ended up going over my timer. I spent a good friggin' whole day doing it. And I only spent 20 minutes. But it's there now. Mm. I've never felt more rewarded. And I didn't really have any yeah. to do that day because it was on a Sunday. But <laughs> I convinced myself that I was busy because I didn't want to do it. I thought it was a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. And I've been, I know you've been asking me to do a vision board for weeks now and I keep putting it off. Um, I, I don't even know why. I don't even know why I keep putting I, it off. Maybe I'm just con- like blocking out, taking that next step. I don't know. If that's part of it. It's your, it's, but it's not really down to blocking out the next step. That's what you're physically doing, but mentally it's, but. That's taking time out to put stuff onto paper that I'm not going to stick to because I never stick to things. I never stay. That's right. That was me. That's exactly right. Yeah. Why I push and I'm pushing. That's the first thing you're doing. And I convinced another two girls to say, I don't want to hear another word from you unless you send me a photo of your vision board. Hmm. I'm like, I want it next week. She's like, I'll send it to you this weekend. I actually got it the next day, but it wasn't how a vision board was supposed to be. You obviously didn't take the time to do my damn videos. I'm like, did you watch the <laughs> yeah, girls there? And I have like, she had like all this physical stuff. I'm like, girl, watch the videos. And then I sent her my ones. I'm like, this is what it's supposed to be like. Like, how you want to feel? It's about the becoming. That's a, I have a new one for this year. The one I told you that was from 2018, which I never did. The one from this year, I've made, I labeled this year and next year the becoming. The three words on this one are my tattoos faith relentless and strength they're my tattoos and that's why i got them and my main one actually is the exact same as 2018 intent and focus stop multitasking that's the action to have intent and like you have the words you want to feel and then you need to sit with and realize okay what is it that makes me feel this way how can i feel focused and how can I have clarity? How can I have all this growth that I want to have? I need to stop freaking multitasking. And yeah, I still multitask here and there, but I'm so much better than I used to. I time block now. I yeah. always had my phone notifications off, but I used to check all the time. But now I'm like, no, I'm shutting this window. Yeah, I can see the notification pop up on Facebook, but I'm not opening it until it's time to look at it because then I can give better me 
to everyone else if I'm replying to everyone at the same time knowing I'm not rushing to get back to this task. Same with when yeah, you're that's right. that is how you're gonna approach your vision board. Then you're not gonna stuff up with food because on that vision board, you're gonna have all the things that you want to feel and what makes you feel that way. You're gonna know that there is a plan B if you accidentally slip up. So you're not gonna let yourself down. You're gonna have your meal times and you're gonna know you can edit them. You're gonna have a random you're gonna have a schedule. My schedule is very brief on there because I put everything else onto a, I don't know if you can see it. It's like a mini whiteboard. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can see now. Yeah. A big whiteboard, and then I have my mini whiteboard, which has what I need to do in this clip. And then I have a paper, a paper that's blue tacked to it. It either gets blue tacked or magneted onto it. That is what I need to do in this day, which today it only has two, two tasks. Like, you don't want to have more than three tasks on that. All the other tasks yeah, okay. are what you want to do in the week. Because yeah. like, you're not, hey, I need to do all this shit. No, you want to do it on paper. That's the most important stuff. Once you've done that, then you can look at the whiteboard because that's not urgent. Like, prioritize. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I do need to prioritize better. And I need to be, I think I need to be more realistic too because I think I, I actively set myself up you do. failure. That's what I realised. Yeah. Like, you need to. Yeah. Doing the vision board is going to make you realise that. Because you set yourself yeah. up failure, failure by not having an option B. You said yourself, you're so, yeah. so, like, so to the point you need to be perfect. But no, you need to have lenience. And you need to know that, okay, if you fail, that's a lesson. But don't just leave it at that because that is a failure. You need to question yourself. Yeah. What could I have done better? Sometimes you don't know yeah. the answer. That's okay. Forgive yourself. Move on. If it happens again, you might get more clarity around that failure. Because sometimes yeah. you need to fail a few times before you actually realise what the issue is. Yeah. 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 And, uh, like, a lot of the time I think I know. I think I, I absolutely know that I'm not going to be able to succeed if I continue doing what I'm doing. But I'll do that anyway because it just you don't know really for everything I've said. Like, it, it's, it confirms all those doubts. Um, and I think I'm genuinely scared. Like, I'm genuinely scared of yeah. the possibility of succeeding i'm not sure i don't i'm not quite sure but it's true yeah. that's actually a that's actually a true fear like your your it is a true fear to actually see your potential because you're scared of the fact that you just waste wasted so much of your time so much of your life because you're so used to bashing yourself down that you're comfortable bashing yourself down because you fear that's right. what your potential is because then you'll hate you think you'll hate all that waste of time, but it's like, no, you're growing. You're still young. Yeah. Life is the longest thing. Life isn't short. It's the longest thing we'll ever do. But we do have one body. Yeah. We have one body. Yeah, that's right. And we have one brain. We don't want to ruin it. We don't want to have all the in there. Yeah. But you're going to do that vision yeah. board. Send me a photo of it tonight. You're going to Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Think of your thoughts. Yeah. Write them down. When I first started mine, I put all, I put one word on one equal paper, one word on another, and I had about five words. And then on all of those papers, I wrote yeah. down things that make me feel a certain way. I realized that two got put together, and then I had four words. And I put those four words onto my thing, and that's where it grew. That's where my whole my whole wall grew from it all. I don't really, 
I have a, I have a photo there of someone who's an athlete, but it's not because of the athlete thing. I wrote down why. I wrote because in that caption that she had there, it said, I like turning my weaknesses into strengths. That's the reason why I got this photo up there and I got that and I wrote the caption. Dedication, consistency, and athlete mindset. She didn't write that. I wrote that because that caption, the reason she said that caption, then linked into my words, athlete mindset, dedication, consistency. And because they linked into how I want to feel, it resonated with me. And the other the other one I have is of the chakras because I love the chakras, but it's different in terms of thoughts and habits which become your character, which then become your success. You have the power to alter your, you have the power to alter your consciousness, perception. Remember, everything's perception. You can alter it into the direction that you want. Your subconscious is the faculty of pure, boundless energy in motion. Everything is energy. Sacrifice energy somewhere. Wait, put energy somewhere, you're sacrificing energy somewhere. So then on this one, that's where I have programming up here, programming's up here, thoughts from the brain. <laughs> and then it has this one without anything that has feeling, belief in the stomach, action. It has as your root chakra, your, 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 your reproductive chakra, because that you can think of it as action. Action and then desired outcomes is the root chakra. You get the desired outcomes. Through programming, thoughts, feeling, belief, action, desired outcomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we. Sorry, it. you keep freezing there. So I'm trying. I'm trying to still follow you at pace.